Welcome to Wiki Week. I like that one. Was that good? That's good. <laughs> I've been trying to go with a little bit different one every time. Okay. <laughs> I think you should do one in, in 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 a different accent every time. I can't do other accents. I know. <laughs> That's why really it would be can't. so great. They start off. They start off. Some accents I can do. But they, they start off a little bit strong, but they always retrograde into Jamaican. Jamaican. Yep. You know, or Irish. Well, Irish is the worst one because I start off sounding sort of Irish and then retrogrades into Jamaican. Irish Jamaican. So it's like, top of the morning to you, man. <laughs> Make it happen fast. <clears throat> okay. Uh, we're going to... We went and saw a movie the other night. We sure did. Yeah. It was kind of a last minute thing. Uh, I've been... Uh, this is a kind of a selfish uh, pick for me. It's kind of selfish. So I apologize in advance, Chaz. <laughs> okay, uh, Chaz and I are so similar in so many ways, right? Would you agree with that? I mean, in some ways, it's almost freaky how similar we are, right? Yeah. We watched Flat the Navigators, our very first movie on yeah. Disney Plus, right? Yeah. And then, um, uh, I don't know, all the other things. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we both have beards. Both have beards. We both have guts. Yep. So we're mm. identical, basically. Yeah. Um, we'll have big noses. And we do, like rudders. Like we just, if we're running so fast, we just turn our heads to the side and it changes us, changes our direction. <laughs> like one of those, remember that ride at Lagoon, like the, with the little sail thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, spin yeah. around? That's what I think yeah. when I think of my nose and I turn my head to the side. <laughs> it's like a little airplane Fly out sail. to the left. Ride. Fly out to the right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is this is a selfish topic pick for me. Um, I I love uh, cars and sports car racing and things like that. I mm-hmm. just I, I love it. Now, Chaz, how do you feel about the subject? <laughs> Typically, my response my response is this is uh, literally his response. Okay, one time I asked him to go. I'm like, Chaz, come with me as brothers. Let's go to a race out here. We live by a really nice racetrack. Yeah, feel the Utah Motorsports world class. It is kind of a world class track. Um, yeah. And what was your response to me? I remember because it hurt well, so much. <laughs> I cut you to the core, didn't I? You did. I was half asleep. And, uh, was, uh, was I trying to show you red? <laughs> yeah. We were in the first 30 seconds of red. <laughs> and I said, uh, I'd rather dig a hole. That's literally what he told me, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Dude, come to the race. The car races me. Nah, man. I'd rather dig a hole. I'm like, ouch. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. <laughs> Goodness me! You had that like locked and loaded too. Your response was that fast. <laughs> that was impressive. But Chaz would rather dig a hole than go to a sports car race. And for me, it's like Christmas. So that's one of the ways we're very, very different from one another. Yeah, it's it's not really my jam. No. I don't really understand it. But I was excited to try. Okay. And understand it. You were excited to try to understand it, particularly because there's this new movie out. Yeah. Yeah. Called Ford versus Ferrari, or that's Ford right. v Ferrari, right? Like, that's right. Okay. It's the classy way to say versus. Yeah. yeah. I think, isn't that kind of how they say it in court cases? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Smith v. Smith. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even think of two different last names, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, so this, this new movie came out. Ford yeah. versus Ferrari. It's based on a book called, well, first of all, it's a very famous story. In the car world, this is like the greatest story the Holy Grail. This is the Holy Grail story. So I have to admit, I'm a little surprised nobody's made a movie about this yet. Um, it took them this long. Because it's such a, it's such a iconic 
story yeah. if you're into cars. Okay. And there was a book written a while ago by a guy named A.J. Bame, um, who it, the book's called Go Like Hell. Uh, so when this first came across my radar, a few, well, it was, gosh, it was years ago now. I don't know when. You were in the sixth grade. <laughs> yeah, I was in sixth grade. Uh, no, this is a little more recently in my life. But my my wife, bless her heart, and I wanted to read this book so bad um, because this is this is kind of the quintessential telling of this story. I found this out right of the Ford versus Ferrari '60s, 24 Hours Le Mans story. Okay, and it was out of print. So <laughs> she helped me track down this book and she got it for me for Christmas and it was out of print it was hard to find and it was kind of expensive but I got the book and I read it oh I read it once and I've listened to it twice okay so people ask me this is a tangent but if people ask me I always tell them yeah I've read it like three times right now what's your opinion on that let's just change gears I say the exact same thing if you listen to something on like audible let's say yeah do you consider that reading the book? I mean, would you would you feel comfortable with him as one? Yeah, I've read that book. Would you just say that? Just I, <laughs> I usually say, yeah, I've read it. Well, I listened to it. That's usually what I say. Yeah. but Me too. I feel like I have to put that caveat in there. I, but I, I don't feel like I need to. Well, but the, okay. I, I don't feel like I should have to, but I, I, I tend to do it. Because there are some people that are really worried about it, right? Some people are like, well, you listen to it. Like it's a, some huge achievement to, to read a book, you know what I mean? I'm like, well, all right. It's not like climbing a mountain, you know? I'm not going to tell you I climbed Kilimanjaro and in reality I took a helicopter to the top. It's not the same thing, not you know? The same thing. It's not like reading a, some, a book is some massive achievement. Oh. Well, I, I, it would be for me a little bit. <laughs> I, okay. I'm, I'm not much of a reader. You're, you're way more of a reader than me. Uh, no, I don't. I don't have time to read anymore, man. Just literally sitting down and reading a physical copy of a book. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I say I don't have time, but you know, it's like my Netflix time, man. At night, it's precious time. <laughs> I feel you. Kids are asleep. And now your Apple Plus time and your Disney Plus time. No, well, you're not. You're not on Apple Plus yet, are All you? All my streaming time. Yeah. You know. Yeah. No, dude, I love listening to books. You can do it when you're driving in the car. Yeah. Right? Or at the gym or walking somewhere. I walk to and from work. That's my favorite time to do it. Uh, I also like to take walks during lunch and listen to something. Yeah. I love it. I love walking and listening. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Listen to a podcast, right? Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good use of your time. I bet somebody is out for a walk right now listening to this. Whoa. Is that my mind is blown. Yeah. Or rollerblading. Someone's out there rollerblading. Mm. Yeah. That's a really nice image. <laughs> rollerblading to this. Yeah. These smooth voices. Yeah. The smooth baritone <laughs> voices of the Wagamama brothers. Um, yeah. No, it counts. It counts. Oh, good. Okay. I'm glad, I'm glad we're on the same page. Yeah. I've gleaned the same information, I hope. Yeah. It's just that I had to do it while I was multitasking a little bit. <laughs> it counts. In my book, it counts. But you know, okay. So, so here's the thing. I love this story. Like I said, I've we'll just say read the book three times. <laughs> and count it. When I saw that they were making this movie, first of all, they've been rumored that they're going to be making this movie for years. And first, it was like there was all sorts of other actors, like Brad Pitt was tied to it, and I think Tom Cruise or something for a time was tied to it. Really? And all these things. I was trying to follow on IMDb, and everything was changing. And they 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 made it kind of under the radar. Like there wasn't a lot of information out there you okay know? and uh and then finally they you know said well it's christian bale matt damon are gonna play the main two characters which is 
um, Ken, Ken Miles and uh, Carol Shelby. <clears throat> and, uh, um, yeah, so anyway, once once they finally, like, release the real details, like, I'm really, really excited. I I've bet. I've been following it, just everything. <clears throat> has, there, I, has there been a lot of hype over this movie? For me? <laughs> In in your world, has there been? Oh yeah. I mean, for you, obviously, but like, have you heard other people talking about it? Well, like the car websites I follow and stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. yeah and 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 you know, my couple of friends are actually it, my father in law, my brother in law. They're really into it was cars and sports car racing. Formula One is yeah. something we all follow pretty closely. Yeah. And uh, um, yeah, you know. Um, it uh, yeah, we've all been really excited to go see it. We've been trying so hard to we were trying so hard to find a time to all go see it with each other, and we've all ended up just kind of going off and seeing the separate leagues. We just could never our schedules never aligned. Sure, um, but see yeah. in my in my world, it, like, I haven't heard anybody mention it other than you. Yeah. Uh, so I, I mentioned to the to the guys in my office today that or when the day we went today. Um, were they aware of it? Like, do they know what it was? Like what? What is it? what is that? You think with but, Christian Bell and Matt Damon, two I know. big names, right? A plus list actors. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, I don't feel like it's it's had. It, I don't know if it's had the hype it deserves. I, I'm curious to see how it's how it's done in the in the box office. Me too. At 92 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, by the way. 92. That hmm. That's a good rating, right? Yeah. Anytime you're breaking the 90s on Rotten Tomatoes, it's pretty definitely. Legit. Yeah. yeah. Well. Okay, so uh, this, this like I said, we, so the other day when I was looking for a topic mm-hmm. for what we're going to talk about this week, I saw Ken Miles, um, you know, one of the main characters of this story, kind of rise almost to the top, right behind Mandalorian. It was number two on Wikipedia's, you know, top read of the day. And I'm like, that's it. I finally have the excuse to talk about something selfish. We're talking <laughs> about Ken Miles. But really, we should probably call this Ken Miles and Ford versus Ferrari, right? I think I already yeah, said that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Chaz... Not being a car fan, not being a sports car fan, or any sort of racing, it's just boring as can be to you. What'd you think? What'd you think of the movie? I loved it. You loved it? Yeah. It's a great movie. Wow. <laughs> I'm amazed. A great, it's a great story. Okay. Uh, like you said, it's a, it's a buddy movie. It is a buddy movie. And the characters are awesome. Ken Miles is awesome. Yeah. Christian Bale kills it. Yeah. Such a likable, fun character. Mm-hmm. Um. And we went on Monday. Mm-hmm. We went to the late show. Right. Uh, what time was the showing? Oh goodness! I think I think our uh, show time was eight fifty-five, and then of course we had like twenty minutes at least of previews. Of previews, it's kind of a longer movie. <laughs> yeah, and we we live forty-five minutes away from the theater. Something like that. Yeah. So I got home at like close to one midnight thirty midnight. Yeah, forty. Yeah, uh, I was tired, midnight. man, but. I freaking stayed awake during that movie. Yes, you did. <laughs> now, somebody else in the theater had fallen asleep and was snoring. Yeah, like 10 minutes in. Yeah, you were sitting to my right, yeah. and someone else further to my right fell asleep and was snoring, and I kept thinking, oh, gosh. And I kept trying to look at you, but not trying not to offend you, Yeah, because I, I totally expected you to fall asleep. I didn't want you to feel like I was expecting that. Uh, man, I was really nervous about falling asleep. Yeah. I thought for sure I was going to, because I was, I was oh, tired. I, I had stayed up. A few days before, I'd stayed up until four in the morning, Ooh. Uh, and then like two in the morning. No, I guess. I guess going to see the movie is when I stayed up until really late. That's yeah. the one I'm counting in my head. Um, <laughs> but I was just really tired, man. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, "Oh man, I'm not interested in cars. It's probably going to be a slow movie. I'm tired already. It's really late." 
and uh, I did I did all right. You I was very impressed. You stayed awake through <laughs> the credits. Be, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then once you were staying awake through the credits, I was like, all right, uh, hurdle number one. <laughs> see was, how he does. The I rest was pretty of proud of myself. Yeah, I'm not man. Gonna lie. Dude, that was really that was okay. So well, you, and it was a great movie. It it really held my attention um, yeah. and kept me interested. And I was I was right there with it the whole time. Um, so what I've been telling people is that you don't really need to be into cars. No, you don't need you to be really a car don't. nerd to enjoy this movie. Would you no. agree? Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. I mean, I, I, the question we both asked each other when we got out was, uh, would your wife? See this movie? Yeah, that's a good like And both of us said yes. I think, I, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, my wife loves the 60s whole aesthetic, the whole thing, right? Anything 60s is yeah. probably a safe bet. I could get her at least semi interested. So it's nice <laughs> yeah. to take place in the 60s. Yeah. <clears throat> but it's in the 60s. Yeah. Uh, I think both of our wives are. are, are athletes and competitive yeah. and there's a there's a fun competitive side to oh, the yeah. story right yeah it's um, a good sports movie i mean yeah. it's, it's a good it's sports story yeah it's fun stuff man okay so ken miles as we're talking about he that's the christian bell character now it's interesting in the book right in the book and by the way there's a documentary that they made that's right now playing on netflix if you want to watch it and, and see more of the true stories if you're not what's gonna, that called it's called the 24-hour war oh so really good documentary Really good documentary. It came out uh, just just recently in 2016, um, and it's not just about Lamar. It's about Ken Miles and the and the Ford. It's really based around um, the AJ Bame version of the story, Go Like Hell. It's kind of okay. the documentary version, right? Okay. So they 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 came out with it in 2016 in conjunction with Ford. Ford for the 50th anniversary of the 19. 19- 66 Lama victory that the movie is, is about, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they came out with the new 4GT uh, supercar um, and raced it at Lama um, in 2016 and won again. They took oh, really? one, two, three. Yeah. But I mean, in their class, the GT class, the, the fastest class is, this is where he gets nerdy. So I'll, no, the fastest oh, class. So here's, here's something that a lot of people don't realize about Lama style racing, okay, or in the 24 hours Lama. There's multiple classes of cars racing all at once in the same race on the same track. So you have your... Oh, really? Yeah. So like modern day Lamar racing, you have four classes. You have the P1, the P2, so the prototype one, the prototype two, and you have GT1 and two. So the prototype cars are the ones that look like spaceships. They don't look like anything you would ever see on the road. And they are like almost... Is, they're, they're, in some cases, they're more advanced than even Formula One cars. They are freaky fast. All sorts of weird, cutting-edge new technology in these cars. $100 million budgets. I mean, just ridiculous factory stuff. Is there less, like, regulation and and standards and stuff? Like, they can kind of just yeah. do whatever they want? Yeah. Well, I they can't do whatever they want. There's definitely regulations. Okay. But it's it's a it's a faster, what they call, formula. Okay. Uh-huh. So uh, the P1 are, is has, I guess you could say, the, le- the least amount of restrictions on it, and, and they go crazy. I mean, you get these huge auto companies. Like, Toyota is kind of the king at the moment really? Porsche was up there for a long time Audi forever dominated um, when I was first getting into the sport <coughs> but then they had I don't know if you remember the whole diesel gate thing with Volkswagen remember yeah. how they were cheating on their diesel emissions thing so Volkswagen nope. owns Porsche Volkswagen, by the way, owns like every car company. It's insane. They're the, they're the Disney they're, of the car company. Yeah, that's good. But they own everything. Okay, I'm I'm going down a very dangerous path where you're about to fall asleep. 
Yeah. Uh, so what, uh, what's your cla- what's your favorite class though? Oh, you, you gotta you well, you know, you gotta love all of them. What's okay. so what's so interesting though about Le Mans, like the twenty four hours Le Mans happens in Lasard, France, right? So obviously they're racing for twenty four hours around a track, right? Okay. That's it's always the same track. Always the same track. It's, it's it's been tweaked slightly over the years. So the big long straightaway that, that they showed in the movie where they're going like two hundred and you know, I think ten, two hundred and thirteen miles like, an hour. Yeah, okay. That's called the Molson Straight. Nowadays, the cars would get going so fast um, that it's super dangerous. They've actually had cars flip up and actually take off like airplanes. And really? So they put what's Dang. called chicanes in these little turns, and they force them to turn twice. Okay. These little turns to slow them down. Okay. But outside of that, it's pretty much, I think it's pretty much the same track. Dude, I'm such an idiot. I didn't realize <laughs> when you call it 24 hours of Le Mans, I didn't realize they were racing nonstop. <laughs> For 24 hours. Yeah, not the same driver, right? But the same car. And I didn't know that either. I didn't know they swapped drivers. Yeah, they swapped drivers. Um, yeah, back when I first started, I think you could race the full 24 yourself, and I think maybe most guys did. And it was, but it's suicidal. It's dangerous. Yeah, oh, you start yeah. getting really tired. Ow. 24 hours. Uh, yeah. So nowadays they they usually have about three. Is that right? I think it's I think it's three drivers. Yeah. Yeah. Three drivers um, for all the different categories. So again. Different categories, right? So you have these super fast spaceship type cars uh-huh. going around the same track at the same time as cars that are a little bit more like, even though they're souped up, but they're a little more like we can go get off the dealership floor, but they're souped up. So huge speed differences, right? So it's a, it's, it's a very real world sort of a scenario. You have traffic. You know, these cars have to deal with much slower cars passing them at extremely high speeds. Oh, okay. Because even the r- super fast cars, they they come lap around, yeah. and then they got to pass through and all the slower cars. They're passing these slower cars at some at, at some Danger points. Speeds. Yeah, I mean, you're talking 80, even 100 mile an hour passing speeds. It's really, really crazy. Wow. Now, Le Mans today and that sports car racing today is much safer than it used to be. Um I think one of the more eye-opening things that people learn when they first learn about this sort of history, the yeah. auto racing history, is just how dangerous it is, just how lethal it was. People died right. all the time. Just death was just part of the equation. You just people just died. Like every race, would somebody die? Do you think? No. Back in the day? No, no, it wasn't like every race. But I mean, you know, didn't you? You had some statistic that you mentioned, like one in yeah. three. I, I want to say in during Formula One of that era, it was yeah. something like one in three Formula One drivers didn't oh make gosh. it through their career. They would That's they were crazy. just expected to not make it That's into so retirement. Crazy. Yeah, and it's interesting because back then too, especially since it was European style stuff, we're not talking about just Joe Schmoes typically. We're talking about these are usually rich kids that got into the sport. Over in Europe, the only people that had any experience racing sports cars were rich kids that had access to sports cars. Right. And it was a very um, prestigious thing to race, mm. you know, sports cars in Formula One. So these were kind of important people, too. I mean, it was it was quite the uh, spectacle is the wrong word. It was it was weird. It was just it was just a strange world. It must have been a very strange world to be involved with. And your friends died. They just died all the time. Yeah. So to segue back into Ken Miles, yeah. like he doesn't seem to him or Carol Shelby don't seem to come from money. It's interesting that they got involved in this sport. Do you know right. a little bit about about that history? Well, I don't know a whole lot about Ken Miles. If I'm honest with you, I know a little bit about Ken Miles. I know quite a bit more about Carol Shelby, who did not come from money, but he was American, and that kind of I think gave him a different leg up. Hmm. But that's what I want to do with Ken Miles. I wanna I wanna talk about Ken Miles. I wanna unpack that. Yeah. 
So I've got Ken Miles pulled up here. All right. Well, I just got to say first of all that I how much I love this character, at least in this in the portrayal in the of the movie. movie. I mean, he's yeah, he's kind of a goofball nut job <clears throat> mixed mm-hmm. like mixed with bad a Steve McQueen mm-hmm. mixed with awesome family man mm-hmm. uh he's this interesting package uh it's really fun to watch unfold on screen and i think that's semi-accurate i think yeah. i think he i think he really was kind of that character you know the movie definitely took some liberties uh, especially with like the how it all actually played out sure all Trump's movies do they yeah um so if you're a real stickler for that you might be disappointed with some of the details but, yeah. <laughs> but ken miles i think they i think they did capture his character pretty well yeah from what i understand him to be yeah so and and christian bell when he so he lost he lost 70 pounds for that role well didn't he go from dick cheney to uh oh i think you're right maybe that's why he lost 70 pounds i mean i don't know what he looked like when he did dick cheney he had all that makeup on but i think you're right what's that show called it's not called uh i know what you're talking about he plays dick cheney yeah i haven't seen it (laughs) i haven't seen either it looked really good um, but yeah, that yeah, would be, he, I'm sure that'd be why he probably put on some oh, some pounds for man. that role. Yeah, eating some Krispy Kremes for that role, <laughs> for sure. So yeah, he'd lose seventy pounds. But when he puts his helmet on and those glasses, anybody that's seen photos of Ken Miles, it, it is a it, that's one of the more amazing similarities I've seen as far as he looks like the real character in, in, in any movie I've seen. Yeah, he looks so much like him. Carol Shelby didn't seem to look quite as much. No, Carol Shelby's looked like an old man for most of his life to me. <laughs> really? He had gray hair. I mean, he had a heart condition, right? And so he, right. I think he aged relatively quickly. But even during that era, I mean, he he, he definitely didn't look like Matt Damon. I'll tell you that much. He well, kind of looked like an... We can't all look like Matt man. Damon, you know? Well, have you noticed this, too? Like, men of the 60s, you know, they look like they're like 10 or 20 years older like by today's standards than they really sure. were you know we you all look just look like guys. boys now yeah they look like they're 60 <laughs> and they're like 36 you know yeah it's weird yeah i don't know why that is just lots of smoking and drinking i think smoking in the drinking wearing cool suits yeah it's the whole yeah madman lifestyle <laughs> so let's show, show you a little bit about ken miles let's do it let's do just a little bit about ken miles kenneth henry miles kenneth henry miles yeah why do some athletes just get lucky with with their names, Miles. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I think that's awesome. Well, like the last American to race in Formula One, his name was Scott Speed. Right. His last name like, is literally happen? Speed. <laughs> Talk about being born to do something, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So Ken Miles, Kenneth Henry Miles, born the first of November, nineteen eighteen, um, to and lived through uh, August uh, nineteen sixty six. He's he killed on August 17th, 1966. So I guess, spoiler alert. He spoiler, killed. he dies. Yep. I didn't know that. I kind of assumed it, or I felt yeah. it coming, you know? If you haven't seen this movie, um, maybe go see it. Because <laughs> there are going to be all sorts of spoiler alerts. And that's the big one at the end. He's such a likable guy. And then he dies. Yeah. Right in front of his son. Too. That's the hardest part. Yeah. Well, that was the grim reality, like I'm talking about. Just everyone died. Just, yeah. That's what happened. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't know the kid's name who plays his son, but he's in... That little actor's cool, huh? I really like that yeah. kid. Like, What else have I seen him in? He's in A Quiet Place, which I really like oh, him in. I haven't seen that, that yet. Oh, that's, I... that's with uh, Jim from The Office. What's his name? Yeah. By the um, way. Jim. What is his name? Krasansky. Jim Krasansky. Jim Krasansky. <laughs> is his real name Jim? No, it's not Jim. No, it's not Jim. Why can't I can't uh, think of his name. 
that guy. Krasinski. So, okay, which is weird. I normally... John. John. Krasinski? Krasinski. Something like that. Something sort of Polish sounding. So he... Okay, we're... we're, we're, Steph and I... Tangent. Tangent time. Steph and I are rewatching The Office office. right now. You got to get it in before they take it off. Before they take it off, which, by the way, we found out is in a year. Oh. You got a little bit of time. Yeah, I got a little bit of time. I have realized... And this is going to be controversial. Uh oh. Sorry, audience. Here it is. I can't stand the Jim character. What? I know. I've realized I love everything about that show, but the Jim character just gets on my nerves. Why? I think it's just I, he's so holier than thou. Mm. He, there's a lot of people that I there's grew up with that were a lot like that. You mm. know, here's the thing he's a bully. Like, he's a bully to Dwight Schrute. I mean, there's, right? I mean, Dwight Schrute, does he deserve it a little bit? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You know, of course. But mm. Jim's a bully. And he's so full of his own virtue and, like, just his self-righteousness. It just, it just grates on my nerve. I can't stand the character anymore. I can't, I can't stand him, man. I can't stand him. I, That's interesting. I, I don't I don't disagree with you, but I do love his character. I like the pranks he plays. <laughs> Here I am going to be a bully announcing I like the pranks because they're hilarious. But I don't know, man. I just he just drives me nuts. His character drives me nuts. I think I've known too many people too similar to him. Okay. I li- I like his quiet confidence. Hmm. At least that's what I remember liking when I watched it. And I watched it when it was airing. Yeah, I haven't really watched it since. Um, You've seen the podcast they're doing on that with the, the, with yeah. the office ladies? Yeah. yeah. It's fun. Pam and Angela, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't listened to it, but I've, I heard it's really good. I, I think it was like the number oh. one podcast for a while. Yeah, or, it was. or did really well. Um, yeah, I gotta listen to them. <laughs> okay. So let's see. Should we get back to our... Again, we're how many minutes into this thing and we've only done one sentence? We are 28 minutes. <coughs> wow, we've done one sentence. <laughs> All right. So he was a, an English sports car driver, uh, racer. Excuse me. Okay. Let me, let, me say, let me say that over again. <laughs> Ken Miles was an English sports car racing engineer and driver best known for his motorsport career in the U.S., and with uh, American teams on the international scene, he is an, an inductee to the Motorsports Hall of Fame of America. Is Christian Bale English? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The kid who plays his son is not, but he did a pretty good job with his English I wondered accent. if he was, because his, his British accent was pretty... Well, actually, I guess I don't actually know if he if he is or isn't, but I... I assumed he wasn't. I've heard him do an American accent, so I just assumed he wasn't. Oh, some kids are impressive like that. Like Eleven from Stranger Things, she's British. Yeah. And nails the American accent. I wouldn't have known if I hadn't heard her yeah. interviewed, you know. Yeah. A bunch of a bunch of those guys are English. Billy's English. Oh yeah, Billy's English. Uh the older brother. Uh Will's older brother. Yeah. He's, he's English. English. Yeah. Yeah. I can't even else on there that's English, but there there may be more. Yeah. Those are the three I knew. It's impressive. Yeah. I, I can't do an English accent to save my oh, life. Me either. Turns Jamaican, right? <laughs> so um yeah, let's see here. So he's from Sutton Coalfield in the UK, which is a short distance from the city of Birmingham. Um so he left school at the age of fifteen to work as an apprentice at Wolseley Motors 
who sent him to a technical school to broaden his knowledge of vehicle construction. He raced motorcycles before he served as a tank commander in the British Territorial Army in World War II. They alluded to that a bit in the movie. Mm. Apparently he was quite the, uh, the, the guy. He yeah, there, I, I remember seeing a photo of him in the, yeah. in the Army, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is Miles spent the next seven years working in machinery and was promoted to the rank of staff sergeant in 1942. He was stationed in a tank unit that was assigned to taking part in the Normandy landings. There it is in 1944. Wow. That's impressive. That's amazing. So after the war, he raced Bugattis, Alfa Romeros, and Alvises. Alvises? Alvises. I don't know that brand. Uh, with the Vintage Sports Car Club. He then turned to a... Ford V8 Fraser Nash. All right, Miles then moved from England to the Los Angeles, California area in 1951 or 1952. I see that sort of thing a lot. Like, surely somebody can nail down which year it actually was. Like, does he not know? <laughs> anyway, all right. In 1953... Well, he's, not, he's not alive anymore. Okay, fair enough. But, like, wouldn't his son or somebody be able to tell you, oh, yeah, it was in 1950... I don't know. I couldn't, <sighs> I couldn't tell you when... <sighs> Well, what year things happened in my dad's life? Oh, yeah, in dad's life. Yeah. I don't think he could tell us. That <laughs> we love you, dad. We do love you, dad. <laughs> but we're so similar to you. I was thinking, like, can I tell Could I tell people exactly, like, I think back to certain events in my life. Could I tell you exactly what year certain events happened? I mean, honestly, once it's passed, like, even a couple of years ago, it starts to get blurry in a hurry. My My brain doesn't work in years. It works in, like, School years, right? Oh, I was in sixth grade. Oh, sure. Oh, I was in eighth grade. Yeah, it's easier to keep track. Your time is compartmentalized. Yeah, and I should be able to figure out, okay, I was in eighth grade, so that was 2001. Wow. You are young. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but my brain doesn't work that fast. Yeah, me either. Okay, so... <clears throat> um, so he was. So what's interesting thing about Ken Miles? He was an engineer and racer. He was super fast, super fast. But he was really a hands-on guy. He was a mechanic. He was an engineer, and that's not something that all racers mm. did. Yeah, definitely not. Well, that probably gave him a, it, or at least in the movie, it seems to give him a leg up. Yeah, right? I think most people that really understand their machinery, they do have an advantage. Yeah, you know, I come from uh, a little bit of a cycling background. I worked for a, a bicycle company for a lot of years, and that was something that it was very interesting to see with some of our pro athletes. They had, some of them had no mechanical knowledge of any of that stuff. Right. And you would see that there were even times in big moments. So one of our, I can think of one moment even in the Tour de France where there was a mechanical issue. One that I'm screaming at the TV, just shift, shift and the chain will, you know, it'll, it'll go back on by itself. All you got to do is, and I know this, yeah. But these athletes, they're purely focused on being an athlete. They have no desire to learn the mechanics of any of this. They rely on our mechanics to keep it all right. going. And um, almost cost that guy the tour. But he, he actually ended up winning. But anyway, that was another thing. <laughs> so, okay. <clears throat> uh, okay, this is interesting. So Miles, I love seeing in that movie when they tie the strings onto the car. Oh, yeah, to like, the little wind tunnel yeah, sort of effect. They could, yeah, they could tell... Where the car was catching drift, or I don't know what the term is, but yeah, turbulent air. Yeah, turbulent air, like the strings would stick straight up as it, it was driving, and they could tell where the air was being caught. Yeah, which is a total like grassroots way of doing it. <clears throat> yeah. Ford, Ford Motor Company, obviously, they threw so much money at this thing, just yeah. unreal amounts of money. They had their own wind tunnel, I mean, they had all sorts of stuff, but 
what ended up being most effective was just letting these guys go out with a, a ball of yarn and some tape <laughs> and yeah. driving it around. And that's when real progress was starting to be made. Yeah. It's fun so, to see Ken, Ken Miles come in and do it the punk rock way. Yeah. Know? Yeah. One, one of the kind of historic, historical inaccuracies of this movie, Kay, is that um, uh, Carol Shelby really was involved pretty early on with Ford. Um, they they make it look like Lee Iacocca comes and just approaches him and he's like, who are you? You know, but for years before that, they had been associated with one another. Okay. Um, and he and Cher- Carol Shelby actually approached them initially. Um, and Lee Iacocca was there. Um, he's the product manager. Give, give some the give board. some of the audience uh, uh, um, some clarity on who Lee Iacocca is. So Lee Iacocca is a very famous... <clears throat> for lack of a better phrase, designer and product manager for Ford, he's most well-known for creating the Ford Mustang. He's kind of the man oh, behind the Ford Mustang. I, I didn't know that. Yeah, he, he, convinced, he really convinced Ford to kind of come out of the Stone Ages and start considering the baby boomers and that they're all going to want kind of a sexy European-style car. And we have this huge, they have this huge wave of kids about to turn 16, you know, and that's what they want. Mm-hmm. They want what James Bond is driving. Mm-hmm. And James Bond does not drive a Ford. So he was this big push behind this and part of the reason that they were looking into purchasing Ferrari in the first right. place. Trying to make Ford sexy. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. that, you know, his push into the Mustang and all this stuff, and uh, which eventually leads to, yeah, Ford saying, well, maybe we just, because this is Ford's answer to everything. They have all the money in the world. Right. Second largest company in the world, by the, by the way, at this point in the mm-hmm. 60s. Um, and Henry Ford II, who's not the son of Henry Ford. He's Henry Ford's grandson, by the way. Oh, so I assumed he was his son. He's not his son. Henry Ford's son was called Edsel. And Henry Ford was really mean to his son, Edsel. <laughs> really quite cruel. That's a whole other story. Mm. But it was Edsel's son is Henry Ford II. Second. That's what they named him. They call okay. him the Deuce, which is the coolest nickname of all time. Um, yeah. But he was... Very, the he, Deuce is a bit of a douche though yeah yes (laughs) you know you want to believe that the americans are always the good guys i mean at least i you know from a really corny standpoint that's what i always want to think but we're not yeah ford was awful yeah i drive a ford i love ford now but (laughs) they were horrible back then and the deuce had kind of this um he felt like he had to live up to his posterity yeah, and he felt like his father was so abused by Henry Ford. They say Edsel Ford, Henry Ford's son, died of a broken heart. Mm-hmm. That's they that's really how he died. So the Deuce comes along, and he wants to live up to the name, and he's obsessed with this. Mm-hmm. That's that's like all he cares about. Okay, so Lee Iacocca presents this to him. He's like, "Look, we're living in the Stone Ages. We need to get into a sexier version of." producing cars right we need to produce sexier cars because this upcoming rising generation that's all they're gonna be interested in and the um, Icoco's played by i can't remember the guy's name but yeah. he's the punisher he's in walking, walking dead. dead yeah he's a good um, job he's really good yeah the Icoco is a likable guy he's a likable character very much so and he has a fascinating career goes on i think he works for yeah. chevrolet for a time but anyway one of the more, more likable <coughs> characters though in the movie for sure yeah so he he convinces uh, Ford that you know they need to go this route so not only are they producing the Mustang but they find out almost by accident that Ferrari which is the sexiest name out there of all the European sports cars right. is going bankrupt going bankrupt and they approach him with an offer they say hey we'd basically like to buy you 
Um, and knowing full well that Enzo Ferrari, the founder of Ferrari, is still alive. Uh, at that point, he's an older man at that point, but he's, he's alive and he's oh, very you're much... you're saying he's still alive today. No, huh? no, he's not alive. Dude, that guy's way old. No, yeah. So he, he was at the helm. He was a dictator for sure. I mean, he, he ran Ferrari kind of like Henry Ford did. I mean, they were, they were more deity than they were like CEOs or whatever, you know. Um, but uh, Ferrari was obsessed with this company. He, he, he never was a wealthy man. Isn't that interesting? For, for Mr. Enzo, Ferrari? Enzo Ferrari never was a wealthy man. Every single penny that Ferrari ever made went back into racing. Wow. I mean, he was just, he drove a little Fiat, which is like a little Econo car. Yeah. He lived nearby, was in a small home. He interesting. just, yeah, that's all he cared about was his racing team. So, okay, Ford. It's, it's fun to see the difference between Ford and Ferrari, though, right? Like Ford with the. The mass-produced oh, yeah. uh, assembly line. Totally different ways of thinking. Yeah, and they're for, both creating cars, right? But could not be more different in their philosophy. Like Ford makes the same amount of cars in a day as Ferrari makes in the whole year, right? Right, or something like that. Yeah, that's true. And and was true. one person assembles every engine, right? Right, which is the quintessential difference, right? Mm-hmm. Part of what made Ford famous was this idea that he didn't really invent the uh, assembly line. But um, he's credited with really bringing it to the forefront in, in, in industry. Yeah. Um, so the assembly line is really what it enabled Ford to make everything so efficient and drive down the cost on all these cars and bring it to the common man, right? Right. Ferrari, exactly polar opposite. Everything handmade. One man builds one engine and put, literally puts his name on it. Mm-hmm. You know, could not be a different, more different philosophy from one another. Right. But Ford needed more of what Ferrari had going on. So they approach him. They have the secret kind of meeting behind closed doors. Long, long story short, in the end, Ferrari felt, Enzo Ferrari felt like he was not maintaining enough control over his racing team as he wished and just called off the whole thing. He just said, you know, I don't know how much money Ford spent with people, lawyers writing up these huge contracts. I mean, I mean you know, like a foot tall contract. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, pouring over all their lawyers and sending all these people to Italy for weeks, I think it was, you know. And eventually he just says, hmm. His real question was, if I want to go to Le Mans, but Ford does not want me to go to Le Mans, do we go to Le Mans? Mm-hmm. And they said, well, you do not go to Le Mans. And he's like, okay. And in real life, what supposedly happened was it was afternoon, and he looked at his lawyer and said, let's go to lunch. And they just walked out, and that was it. Oh, really? Yep. In the movie, he gets really upset, and yeah, he, does. he says some choice words. Yeah, and I don't know if that really happened. Maybe it didn't. Hmm. And then, but, and then, uh, Fiat buys Ferrari. Yeah, and Fiat does actually buy Ferrari, so that's that's the biggest Italian car brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you're pro- and they're still around. I mean, I, I'm trying to remember if they still own Ferrari. They may. Oh, really? Yeah, Ferrari now is a huge company, publicly traded, massive right. you know, name, one of the most recognizable brands in the world. Really, Ferrari. Yeah, um, I had never heard of a Fiat until. Oh really? I don't know. Maybe ten years ago, but yeah, it's huge. I had, I had They're a little bit like a Volkswagen. They own a lot. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, uh, all right. So the Ford guys have to go back to Detroit with their kind of tails between their legs. They have to tell the Deuce, you know, Henry Ford, too. Look, uh, this is what happened. It fell through. The Deuce was really upset. In the movie, I think they took some liberties there and kind of 
threw in some personal insults from Ferrari to Ford, sure. I think, to kind of spice yeah. things up. I don't know yeah. if that really it's good happened. storytelling. It is good storytelling. But in reality, that really did happen. Ford was, Henry Ford was extremely upset and said, okay, well, we're going to, quote unquote, they said, we're going to kick their A. That's what he supposedly said, even though he's apparently denied that. That may be apocryphal, hmm. but that's all he said. So the first year they go to Le Mans is 1964. They've only had a little while to put together this amazing car. Now in the movie, what's interesting is that they show Ken Miles being um, almost offered to drive right away in 1964 for that first car. I don't know if that was actually reality. Hmm. Um, he was definitely involved in the development and engineering of the car. And Phil Remington, who they show, he's the guy with the little pencil mustache. He's... He tells the son in the movie, you know, like, well, look, he didn't burn up because he got out the door. Remember that? Oh, guy? right, right, right. Phil yeah. Remington's a real life character who is a legendary engineer in the mm. in sports car racing mm. as well. He's a cool character. Oh, he's super cool. And in real life, he's just was genius, a genius. Yeah. Um. So one of the biggest differences in reality versus what you see in the movie is that they their first year they went was 1964. We're good. Okay. Uh, and uh, they did not win in 1964. Henry Ford was furious. Um, now, in the movie, they kind of make it seem like it was that first year, right? Well, in the movie, they make it look like they really only went for two years. Like, they went the first year and didn't make it because they didn't let Ken Miles be involved. Oh, okay. I thought it was that was a different race. Uh, no, I, I didn't realize it was Le Mans. Yeah, because okay. remember that he had to stay home and listen to it on the radio at the hangar? Yeah. He was yeah. pretty upset. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, and, and it is true, they didn't win. They had all their cars broke. Um, and they had this kind of a sketchy car to start with, but Ken Miles developed it quite a ways. So did Phil Remington, but uh, but they all broke. So that's 1964. In the movie, they make it look like in 1965 is when they go back, and there's this big triumphant story, and that's when they take the one, two, three win. But yeah. in reality, that's not 66. what happened. It was 66. In 1965, they went back with um, a much faster car, and that was really when they got. Carol Shelby involved was the second year they went, not the first year. Oh, okay. Um, and because actually that year, 1964, Carol Shelby had a team at Le Mans racing in the lower category, not the prototype categories, but the lower categories I was talking about, the GT class, mm -hmm. winning. And he, and he won his class with a, he wasn't driving, but his team won their class with a Ford engine mm -hmm. in, a, in a little British chassis. It's called the Daytona Coupe. Nerdy stuff. But Ford saw that he won with a Ford engine that same year and said, get that guy involved. The second year, they get involved. And what really ended up happening was at the very last minute, Ford, in all their infinite wisdom, said, we're going to rebuild these engines. We're going to do something totally different. And like a week before they were supposed to go to Le Mans, they sent them all new engines. Much Whoa. to the chagrin of Shelby. The engines, of course, failed at Le Mans. They lost again. You know, and uh -huh. Ford was furious. And said, basically, if you want to be employed, you will win. Like, he just made it clear, you're going to win in 66. Um, they had to kind of battle it. But anyway, they do end up winning in 66 with Ken Miles. Um, but Ken Miles doesn't actually win. It's really kind of a heartbreaking story. Yes. Again, spoiler. Yeah, spoiler. <laughs> um, that part's true. That really happened. The one, two, three finish, they slowed him down to do the photo finish. Oh, it's painful, man. Yeah. Painful. And he would have been the only Triple Crown winner ever to win. I think it was Daytona, Sebring, and 24 Hours Le Mans. Nobody before or since has ever done that. 
Yeah. He would have been the, the he would have he would have been legendary. I mean he already is a legend, but he would have been the first to ever accomplish. So that. for context, if if you haven't seen the movie and you're I don't know, not gonna see the movie or something, but yeah. uh Ken Miles is happens to get way far ahead. Yeah. And he's gonna smoke everybody. Yeah, he's like two laps ahead. Ferrari is like out of the race. Both of their cars yeah. are out. And uh Mr. Ford wants him to slow down and cross with the other two Ford cars that were racing. Yeah, it's just a photo op. He wants it to, to look like it's a one, two, three. Literally, they come across the line at the same time. Yeah. Uh, and so, it's, it's, <coughs> it's a painful choice, but he chooses to, to slow down. Which apparently is really out of character for Ken Miles. Ken Miles yeah. is, was known as being a little bit of a difficult character. Yeah. And, uh, and they're surprised, actually, he slowed down. In real life, Carol Shelby was was supportive of it too not like quite they showed in the movie but um you could yeah, tell slow down yeah in, in the movie they portray it like uh like he doesn't want him to do that like it's uh it's a painful choice but he, he leaves it up to uh yeah Ken Miles. I've, seen, I've seen carol shelby interviewed about the real life carol shelby he's like i never should have you know asked him to do that i never should have asked him that but apparently he did ask him huh. so i mean maybe it was a little like it was portrayed in the movie i don't know yeah, so so Ken Miles still crosses the finish line first. But well, actually, there was in a real life, oh, okay, in real life, the, they they thought they had cleared with the sanctioning the, the governing body. Uh, the, uh, I can't think what it's called now. IFA, that's not right. FIA. Uh, they thought they had cleared it with them that if they just kind of rolled across, that it, it would be a, a, a an even finish. That's what they wanted. So, but that that's not what they ended up happening. Um, Bruce McLaren. Um, was the I think the actual driver? So if you're familiar with that name, McLaren, McLaren yeah. Cars, uh-huh. Bruce McLaren was a real guy. Drove for Ford at this point. He's from New Zealand. Um, so they all rolled across at almost the same time, even though Bruce McLaren actually was slightly ahead. Oh. Um, but they still thought Ken Miles would be credited with the win. But in reality, what happened was because of the Le Mans style start. So this is kind of famous. You'll see this in a lot of cartoons like Speed Racer. They imitate this a lot. In Le Mans, back in the day, their cars would start lined up against a wall uh-huh. on the straightaway. And the drivers would be across on the other side of the track. And they'd run. As soon as the pistol went off, they would run, run jump, in foot, car. jump in their car, wouldn't even put their seatbelts on in most cases, take off. Um, it's dangerous. It's super dangerous. I think that might have been the last year, 66, when they did that too. But um, And in the movie, Ken Miles can't get his door shut. Yeah, it? and that, that, was, that's that was reality. Oh, man, he couldn't so get his door frustrating. shut. so frustrating. Yeah, that really happened. Um, okay, so what ended up happening is the governing body said, well, wait, no, they we, we have to declare a winner. And because um, Bruce McLaren's car started 18 meters further back against the wall, technically right. he traveled farther fa- a farther distance over the 24 hours than Ken Miles did. Yeah. So they gave the win to him. Just gutted poor Ken Miles. Just gutted the guy. Like he, and he was confused. In reality, he... He he uh, tried to get on the podium, you know, and they wouldn't let him. And he so because he doesn't speak French, all these French officials saying no, 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 you know. Uh, and he's so confused, he just didn't understand, and they had to break it to him that he didn't win. Uh, Man, it is tragic. Pain. It's painful. Yeah, painful. Painful is right. Um, One of my favorite things in that movie is is, uh, and it's probably not accurate, but Carol Shelby kind of messing with. The Ferrari team. Yeah, I don't know if that really happened. I wonder. If it, <laughs> he I know like they were steals their stopwatch. Yeah, and, and he like he takes one of their like lug nuts or whatever. What do you, is that what it's called? Yeah, and just throws it out there. <laughs> so they think it. of something fell off their car. 
so great. I in real life, I guess he really was a prankster. Uh, oh, really? So I don't know. Tr- how much true to his real. character, maybe, but maybe not. Maybe exactly what happened. Yeah, uh, man. Um, so the Ken Miles character, man, he reminds me. He reminds me a bit of my buddy Kenny. I don't know why. I can see that. Yeah. Just does. Maybe it's because they look a little bit similar too. You sure? Yeah. After Christian Bell loses seventy pounds, he looks like Kenny. <laughs> um so ken miles uh yeah so he was he was he's one of the those rare breeds you know he was just a good guy obsessed with the car right and the drive which is a rare combination and he he gave his life for it um now in real life i don't know that the leo bb character that they show in that movie is really the villain all right quite as much of a villain as he was that was my read just watching the film is that, okay, they had to make this character yeah. seem a little bit more villainous. Yeah, they had to have good guys and bad guys, right? Yeah, you have to have an antagonist. Yep. Uh, so I could tell that just from watching the movie that they they intentionally did that for the movie. Yeah, I don't know that he was had such a personal vendetta against Ken Miles. He, he may have, but uh, everything I've read, I don't, I don't recall that being a real accurate detail, but maybe... I'm trying to remember his 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 motive. Uh, he just he just didn't feel like Ken Miles was very uh, marketable or yeah. In the movie, like, that's what it makes it sound like. Yeah, and he, and he, he wouldn't have been. He was he was a rough character. Yeah, it, they didn't trust him to get yeah. in front of the camera and and yeah. speak well on behalf of Ford. Right. right. He wasn't very Ford. He wasn't. He wasn't Ford, Ford enough. Yeah. Yeah. He was too unpredictable. Yeah. yeah. So he fought it. The live wire that one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, one of the things I liked in the movie too is uh, they they show up with the is the GT forty that was called, uh-huh. um, and everyone's talking about how ugly it looks. Yeah, I think it looks so cool. It's a, it's a beautiful car. It's a beautiful car. Now at the same time, the Ferraris that showed up, the P three and then eventually the P four, I think the most beautiful car of all time. The yeah. actual Ferraris they raced against at Le Mans that same era. Mm. The GT40 might be a close second. Maybe mm. my favorite car of all time is the GT40. It's possible. I don't know. The, the Ferrari cars, I mean, I'm not a car guy. Yeah. So I don't under, appreciate or understand like the nuances of car design. Mm. But uh, it just looks like a what you expect. Yeah. The GT40 is is a little bit unexpected. I love the paint color. I love that it's like powdered blue. Yeah, that and one was orange. Yeah, the Gulf colors. It's uh, it doesn't cool. It doesn't look like it's trying to look fast to me. I think that's what I like about it. <laughs> I think there's a lot of design um, inspiration that came from racing. You know, yeah. like you look at the Gulf color. Gulf is, was an oil company, and they sponsored a lot of cars, and that's where that kind of baby oh. blue orange. Okay, I Comes didn't realize that. Yeah, and then they had, of course, the gold car and the and the black car. But they're it, it, to me, they're all icons. Yeah, you know. And supposedly, I don't know. This is true. <coughs> supposedly, here in Utah, you could go down to one of these movie theaters owned by uh, the Larry H. Miller Company. Larry H. Miller here locally, everyone knows who he is. But for, for those of you that might not know, huge car dealer magnate guy. Um, huge Ford fan and super wealthy guy. He's passed away, but he spent a lot of money acquiring classic historic Fords. My understanding is, um, so he owns a few Ford GTs or GT40s, I think. My understanding is perhaps one of them is the actual chassis that won at Le Mans. 
Oh, really? Or one of them that finished at Le Mans? I'm not sure. You you explained to me that uh, that the car that raced in that in that car doesn't actually exist, probably. Well, and that's what's so difficult. Like when you know classic cars, race cars especially, they were they were tools. You know. Yeah. After they would win a race, or you disassemble, you they would they rebuild. would tear it down. They would replace body panels in a lot of places. A totally new engine rebuild. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, different wheels, different tires. So you're you're talking about what actually constitutes a car. Maybe maybe the only thing that really constitutes a car is the chassis, which is like the frame that everything's yeah. built on. Um, and that's where really I didn't know what the chassis was until this movie. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I yeah, I thought it was something in the undercarriage. Yeah, yeah. the chassis. Yeah, the it's chassis. the it's the it's the, the frame. Yeah, it is. <coughs> I, th- I thought that's just what my next door neighbor called me growing up. Chassis. Chassis, <laughs> chassis go home. Argentinian. You broke, you broke my GI Joe. Go home. <laughs> yeah, they call you chassis. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and they called me Slobbert. Because their kids couldn't say my name. <laughs> yeah. I just thought it was because I was gross. Flobbert. Yeah. Flobbert, too. Slobbert, <laughs> Flobbert. Which is totally weird now I think about it. I'm like, were they trying to? They're just messing with <laughs> my head. This kid's just not getting it. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, I'm glad you liked the movie. We didn't really talk a whole lot about Ken Miles specifically, didn't we, about his history. Is there anything in there that caught your eye? Um, a little bit. Any 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 details you want to talk about about his death? Yeah, his, his death was you know that's at least in my mind what has partly solidified Ken Miles as a legend is the fact that he he really was poorly treated, never really appreciated in his time, mm-hmm. and had the opportunity to be this triple crown winner, which would have made him a legend. Mm-hmm. But he decided to be a team player at the last minute and he slowed down his car and he allowed for the one, two, three photo finish. Right. Yeah. And he kind of, for lack of a better phrase, got screwed. He did. He got screwed. He got hosed. So, but he sticks with it and he goes on to, and I don't think Ford ever really appreciated what they did to him. Mm-hmm. I don't think they really cared. You know, I mean, <laughs> you took this guy's opportunity to be a legend and that's, you know, it would have meant absolutely everything to him and just for a photo mm-hmm. they just they they risked it and and he lost they risked it and he lost you know unfair yeah, yeah. said the least and then he goes on to continue in the program just later that year it was in uh 66 so it was i think it was only like a month later um testing a, a car for them they were testing out some sort of a honeycomb body panels or something they didn't really know how durable it was going to be but he he the went, j car is that right yeah the j car is what it was called uh, pro, another prototype car it looked a bit like it looked a lot like the gt40 it was kind of mm-hmm. the next evolution evolutionary step of that car and it was just a standard test drive right yeah i mean the stuff he did all day every day yeah you know and uh it was really sad his son was there and witnessed it uh for this my understanding but it was about 180 miles an hour and there was a little uh, they call it a little embankment or a little cliff, and uh, he just went straight off it. Something on the car broke. I don't know if they ever really find out what exactly it was, but no doubt there was a mechanical issue. Mechanical issue. And he crashed, and they said that the crash was just unsurvivable. There's no way anybody would survive it. He was only 47. Yeah, isn't that weird? Mm-hmm. That's not too far away for me. That's that's weird. Dude, you're getting it's old. 10-year difference for me. 
Not old enough to die, but you're getting old. Yeah, I'm getting up there. Um, I don't know how old his son was. In the movie, it seemed, you know. His son was quite young. Yeah. Still. Yeah. He seemed like he was maybe 12. Something, something. like that. Yeah. Pretty tragic. It is pretty tragic. But, you know, uh, I'm glad that they have shown him in this movie and, and I think portrayed him in a good light. And, and I think it's going to open a lot of people's eyes to, you know, the nerdy world that I love of, you know, especially 60s cars and sports car racing and just that golden era. I think it's awesome. Yeah. I don't feel like I want to go watch Le Mans, but I do want to watch Bullet or something. Like sure. An old Steve McQueen movie. Yeah. Famous car chasing. Bullet has probably, for those of you that don't know, maybe one of the most iconic car chasings of any of any film. Yeah. yeah. I also want to watch Baby Driver. Yeah. <laughs> Which is sort of related. Yeah. <laughs> More a modern a modern uh, film. Yeah. Uh, it's probably yeah. Um, Anyway, so do you agree with the uh, Rotten Tomatoes rating? Yeah. Yeah? What, you know, I went, I went in with very... You and I are very similar to this. We, I went in with very low expectations because yeah. I've been looking forward to this for so long. I didn't want to be disappointed. That's how you went in with sort of low expectations. Sure. And I, it, ex, it exceeded what I had even dared to hope for. Yeah. It, it, it exceeded them, especially in that, you know, okay, I wanted the good driving scenes. I wanted it to be about the car a little bit, just sure. to status, you know, scratch that itch, right? Which which it did? It did. Yeah. But I was hoping they would also really dive into just the human story there. Just mm-hmm. the the characters are so interesting. And they did. They I think they nailed it. And it's such a beautiful movie, too. Cinematically, it's Cinematically, it's beautiful. Gorgeous. They capture the 60s super well. There's a lot of very beautiful scenes. Um, you know, anytime they're at the airport out there testing, it's just like, it's gorgeous, right? It is. Yeah. It's really fun to watch. Yeah. And it's a fun type of action. It's not all about explosions and uh, yeah. it's not as like in your face. It's not as popcorn movie, but it still feels very high energy. Well, this, high is, this is back when men were men, man. <laughs> you know, they knew what they were risking. They were, they were putting on the line every time they got out there. And it was uh, it was intense. It was a violent thing just to get one of those cars and drive it. And I think they yeah. I think they kind of captured that. I agree. Yeah, makes me want to be Steve McQueen. Yeah, Steve McQueen, right? They didn't bring him <laughs> up a little bit in that movie because he was he was uh, waiting for Carol Shelby to make his car. Yeah, and they bring it up just briefly. But no, that's that's cool. Well, I agree. I I would give it a, a high rating. Definitely a, a, in the nineties. Yeah, I think um, I, yeah. Nine out of ten. Yeah, I I agree. I think give it a nine out of ten. Which is a yeah. lot for me. Yeah, I, I rarely would give that to anything. So, okay, excellent. <laughs> well, uh, if you haven't already seen it, go see it. Yeah, um, and uh, thank you for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you for following and subscribing. Yeah, and uh, we'll talk at you next week. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, not so much me next week because I'm so, I'm sorry. I went on and on and on, but you get me started. <laughs> So oh, thanks this, for this episode was for you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> All right. Take care. Yeah. Over and out. This podcast is produced and released under a Creative Commons Attribution Share Like license.